I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. It is week 13, the Jets and the Giants in the driver's seat. Okay, and some big games on tap for today. As we know, the Jets in Minnesota taking on the Minnesota Vikings uh, with Mike White at the helm. Oh, thank God. And the Giants, of course, back at home against the Washington Commanders. Their next few weeks are against division opponents. And again, both the Jets and the Giants are in the driver's seat. And of course, as always, Matthias Kiwanuka, Giant great, former Super Bowl champion, is joining us, of course, on New York Game Day. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing, Kiwi? Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for these games, yeah. right? Like, um, <laughs> I really am. Also, coming up this hour, Bram Weinstein is going to be joining us. Uh, he's the voice of the Washington Commanders. So excited to hear from him. A little uh, peek behind the curtain, what's going on with Washington. And, uh, of course, Tyler Taylor Heineke. Uh, now, of course, uh, their quarterback, Rich Samini, is going to join us this hour as well. We'll do a deep dive into what's going on with the Jets. And uh, and then, of course, we'll hear from Jordan Renan in the 9 o'clock hour. Mike Tannenbaum joins us as all as always in the 10 o'clock hour. And, of course, uh, your calls, 800-919-3776. But, Kiwi, let's jump into it. Obviously, the biggest storyline uh, at least when it comes to the Jets, is is Mike White and uh, and and what what a game he had. Now, granted, let's preface like you know, the Chicago Bears, arguably the worst defense in the NFL outside of the Houston Texans, possibly. Uh, but still, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's just the way that he was able to matriculate and move them down the field. Um, it's just it was night and day from what. I think we see on a week-to-week basis with with Zach Wilson. Your thoughts on on Mike White? It's obvious. It was obviously night and day. Um, yes, they are not the greatest defense. Yes, they you know they were they were playing shorthanded, but they're still professional football players out there on the field. And he still came out and gave a stellar performance. But for me, one of the most important things is watching the players react him having success on the mm-hmm. field and watching them enjoy playing football and this doesn't always have to be a knock against the you know the incumbent or who, whoever was in that position before but when you get a guy who comes in and has that much you know camaraderie or you know has that much respect from the you know the qualified players who are out there on the field that says something that means something you know and and for all the eyes you know in the stands or up in the box or wherever they are making the decisions that has to be taken into account yeah, absolutely. Uh, passing for over 300 yards, multiple touchdowns. And and like I said, you just, you, you saw, you, 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 at the end of the day, you saw a command, right? Mm-hmm. You saw a command of an offense and, and something that, again, we have not seen. And we've talked about this. This defense could really take this this Jets team not only into the postseason, but possibly win some games and win in advance. And at the end yeah. of the day, that's really what it's about. So, Right. I, I mean, you I, just, I you know, it, you just, you, you, I said it before, you, you, you don't understand how difficult it is to be 
that good of a defense with an underperforming offense. I mean, the, to you know, to, when you're when you're just watching the game, yeah, it's like okay, they're back. But when you're in and out of the game so quickly, it is draining. It is exhausting. It is demoralizing. Every time you go out, you get a stop and you come back and you got to find your. You don't even have time to let your helmet heat up at this point. You know, so I think just having. Um, time to sit on the sidelines and watch the offense, you know, manage the ball effectively down the field. That gives the guys a boost and gives them energy and gives them the ability to to go out there and, and play better. But um, there there were so many things that happened. But the main thing that that I that I looked at was just just look at the body language, look at that the energy. It was great. Yeah, and 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 I'm sure on the defensive side of the ball, you know, like the defensive players have to be thrilled uh, for all the reasons that you just said. Uh, now this week. Uh, they traveled to Minnesota, uh, much better defense and a much better offense. Let's be honest, you know, uh, regardless of what f- people think about Kirk Cousins, there's uh, Dalvin Cook, um, you know, arguably the best wide receiver in the league in Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, they traded for TJ uh, Hawkinson. And so, you know, there, there's a lot of all, there's a lot more offensive weapons that this defense is going to have to contest against. And, and by the way, I can't wait to see Sauce Gardner uh, go up against Justin Jefferson. That's for sure. Uh, but, um, but, but just the mere fact that now you've got a core quarterback under center that can at least eat up, if anything, you know, maybe he's not putting points on the board, but at least he's eating up like five, five plus minutes of time of possession to give the defense an opportunity to catch their breath, right? Absolutely. This, this is going to be the real test. So we had the feel good moment. He came in, you know, and he, he threw, you know, for a lot of yards, three touchdowns and, and whatnot. But this is going to be an actual test of, you know, his, his ability to operate this offense under pressure. And, and that's, that's what they need, right? Like if they're, if the Jets are going to go deep into the playoffs, if they're going to, you know, do something substantial, they're going to need a quarterback who can get at the helm and operate under pressure. So I, I had a professional handicapper on my show, on my gambling show on Friday, Fat Jack, and, and he said that he's got a very dear friend of his, a, a close friend of his who's a really a, a, a professional gambler who put money down that the Jets were going to win the division. Mm. And, um, and, and he said he felt that with that defense and now that they've made the commitment to go to Mike White and listen, we don't know when they're going to go back to Zach Wilson. Um, hopefully it won't be this season. We'll see. I mean, when a team drafts a quarterback at two, you know, the political implications, uh, especially what goes on upstairs in the offices. It's, it's, Mm. it's, it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow, but nonetheless, um, possibly, potentially winning the division. And so before we start talking about the Giants, I just want to take a look at the schedule here, right? It's, it's at Minnesota, and then they're at Buffalo. The Lions, the Jags, at Seattle, and then at the Dolphins. This isn't, this isn't easy sledding. Uh, this, is, this is not an easy road to get to the finish line. I do believe that they'll make it to the postseason. In fact, I, I think there's a chance that uh, all three teams, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Jets, all make it to the postseason. Um, but with that being said, you know, looking at that schedule, Kiwi, uh, you know, how, how many how many games remaining? Like, wh- what do you think they'll finish at? Yeah, the, the irony is that some of the games at the beginning of the season we would have assumed that they were going to win are, are not those games anymore. So the Lions are not pushovers anymore. The Jaguars are going to have something to say. Um, 
you know, Seattle is, is, is doing well. So I think it's, it's really going to come down to um, this defense and, and how well they're going to perform. I mean, there's, you know, if Mike White can continue to operate, if he's allowed to continue to operate and just be effective, right? We're not expecting the same performance he had last week, week in and week out. But if he can be effective, be effective. And like you said, you know, maintain possession of the ball, give the defense a break. And if they can continue to play, not give up points, in, in my opinion, you know, obviously I'm, I'm biased, but continue to get pressure and get sacks without needing help, meaning without blitzing, then there's a there's an opportunity that they you know that they could win this division. So I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's it's far fetched, um, but difficult. Yeah. One step at a time. And of course, uh, this afternoon, it's uh, it's it's at Minnesota. As for the Giants, again, another team here in New York, and they are in the driver's seat, right? Unfortunately, they've just lost their last two against the Lions and the Cowboys. They were deathly ill against the Lions, and they lost 31 to 18. We talked about it last week, um, and uh, and unfortunately, uh, lost a close one to the Cowboys, 28 to 20. Uh, but now it's really interesting. They take on obviously they're hosting Washington here today, and then. They have to, then they're hosting the Eagles and then they go to Washington where meanwhile, Washington has a buy in between. So Washington is here against the Giants. Then they have a buy and then they host the Giants in Washington. I don't know how fair that is, uh, but nonetheless, the, these next three weeks are really going to dictate a lot. Here's the positive thing. The Giants are getting healthier, especially on the offensive line, uh, tight end situation. Uh, Ojolari is, is expected back today as well. So it, mm-hmm. the positive is that they're getting healthier, both on the offense and defensive line, which is really, really key here. Uh, your thoughts on this matchup against Washington. What are you expecting from today? I think, you know, if we've learned, first I'm hearing that um, the Cowboys are also now sick. So the Giants went down there and, and took whatever bug it was and, and left it mm-hmm. left it down there. So <laughs> that that's going to be an issue. And we'll see how that, that comes to, to play out. Um, in terms of the Giants and the Commanders, I think um, you know, the things that have happened over the last couple of weeks, teams are going to continue to stack the box. They're going to continue to load up and stop the run. And they're going to say, you know, I've been in these meeting rooms before. And it's like, Hey, listen, if we're going to lose this team, it's not going to be because Saquon Barkley ran it up or ran it down our throats, right? Like we're going to make sure we stop him. We're going to make them beat us in another way. And I've been saying all season long, like he needs to get some help, right? They need to get some help and getting some help. Doesn't always, it's not a knock on whoever, not whoever, but it's not a knock on the the players who are, are behind him. It could mean, Hey, we need to distribute the ball more effectively. You know, if we're in a position where we can't run the ball, we need to understand what our strengths and weaknesses are. Maybe we need to address, you know, what plays are or are not working for us in terms of blocking schemes on the offensive line. So we need to do a little bit more self-scouting. But we just we can't be – they can't be a one-trick pony. They're going to have to come up with some wrinkles. They're going to have to do some things that are outside of the box. Daniel Jones is going to have to be able to move the ball down the field if they're going to, you know, go the rest of the season because it's a heavy – load to put on one individual to say hey we want to give you the ball and you carry this team on our back um in order to you know make it through the season and to be effective into the playoffs they're going to have to get them some help yeah um one thing that that i do feel good about and and we're going to have our picks all that coming your way uh we're with you obviously for the next few hours um, but one thing that I will say is as much as I like Heineke and I cheer for him and I root for him because he's, he's just, he's one of those quarterbacks. He's one of those players in the NFL that you just, you want to cheer for, you want, you mm-hmm. want to see him do good things. 
um, you know, he just, he turns the ball over. And, and as we both know, turnover margin, turnover ratio is such a key indicator in regard to a win or a loss uh, in, in, in a game. And therefore, I, I, I think the wrong team is favored here. I, I really do. Um, especially with the Giants getting, I understand why the Giants are a home dog today, uh, but I just feel the wrong team is favored here. I really like the Giants in this spot, to be quite frank. He's Matthias Kiwanuka. I'm Anita Marks. You're listening to New York Game Day. Stay tuned. Bram Weinstein is going to join me on the program. He's the voice of the Washington Commanders. Uh, we'll get some insight on this Washington team with him. Also, Rich Samini joins us this hour as well with a deep dive into what's going on with the Jets. Uh, and then, of course, Jordan Renan with the Giants joining us in the second hour. And Mike Tannenbaum is always at 10 a.m. So still a lot more coming your way. Anita Marks, Matthias Kiwanuka, and you. It is New York Game Day here on 90.7 ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Welcome back to New York Game Day here at 98.7 ESPN. And joining us is Bram Weinstein. He is the voice of the Washington Commanders uh, here in town to take on the Giants. And Bram, let's dive right into it. Heineke, starting quarterback, the kind of guy that you want to root for. I don't even understand why they even brought Carson Wentz in uh, because obviously, listen, you know, his numbers, it, it, fantasy football-wise, you're not starting Heineke. But man, this dude's winning football games for you. Uh, so, so give us some insight on on Heineke. He was the right guy at the right time for them. Um, when Carson Wentz hurt his finger, broke his finger, and he was unable to play, you know they really needed a jolt on offense. Um, there's a lot to the beginning of the season for Washington. Like their offensive line had a lot of injuries, and they were literally a sieve. Like giving up sack after sack after sack. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't protect. Um, the pass rush effective rate and success rate was equally as high, if not worse, under the first couple of games under Heineke, but he's mobile. Uh, also knows the offense better. 
Um, and while he doesn't have the arm and everyone sees the limitations like in a skill set with him, um, he really owns the locker room. Um, he's just a regular dude. He's not a diva. Like he's worked his butt off to have this opportunity and um, he really galvanized them and the chemistry has grown and they've gotten better and they've morphed into a completely different team. Than they expected that they would be They're a power run team uh, with a defense that over the last five, six weeks is top three in a lot of different metrics. So they got something that could travel here. They can run the ball. They got good defense. They got a quarterback who doesn't make a ton of mistakes, but there is no downfield passing game right now. Um, this is a team that has a uh, top five receiver on it, used the first round pick on a receiver, spent $30 million in assets to get a quarterback. Their expectation was they would have that as part of their offense. It doesn't exist. So um, while I agree with you, like Heineke, until he loses, this is not a conversation, but the idea that Carson Wentz won't play again, I think is being a little short-sighted about where this team may end up at the end of the year. I, you know, I, I, I understand what you're saying. He's just, and, and, and I don't, you know, obviously I've never met the dude. I've never interviewed the dude. I've never spent time with him, but I have made calls and I have spoken to a number of scouts about Heineke and the scouts have told me he's one of those guys that like growing up at the schoolyard or the playgrounds, like. You know, he didn't wow anyone, but you always wanted him as your quarterback or you always wanted him on your team yeah. because you knew you you knew that, you know, he was going to win ballgames for you. Right. Like, you know, he he wasn't the most athletic. You know, he didn't he, he you know, he's not somebody who's going to come in and like wow you, but he just he would always win. And, and like and like I get it. Right. Like, I don't I mean, Bram, I I remember growing up and, and going and playing like, you know, going to the park and, and picking teams and playing pickup football or pickup basketball at a, at a park. And there was always that guy. Right. That like, you know, didn't was never the most athletic, maybe had like a little bit of a gut. Right. Like, but no matter what, no matter what team he was on, they'd always win. And he was always clutch. And he always came through. Yeah. And I feel like, like, and I've spoken to several scouts about Heineke because I'm just like, explain this to me. And they all say the same thing. He's just a winner. Yeah. Yeah. He's totally a winner. He's a gamer. He's gritty. Um, he's really well-liked for a lot of reasons. Um, and so all of that is true. And, and here's the bottom line. Like, I think they knew this about him and, you know, he also has a, a pretty good command of this offense. He's been with Scott Turner for years. He just hasn't played a lot. Um, but he's been in the system with Scott Turner and Ron Rivera for a number of years now, like five, six years, like off and on. And he did have a lot of opportunities last year. This year it's different. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. But here's the bottom line. The reason why they wanted to upgrade at the position is just athletic skill set. That's it. It's the only reason. And I would put it this way. Like, what is happening right now? exemplifies exactly the reason why they want him on the team and exactly why they're always looking to replace him with a bigger, better, better model. He's not playing poorly. He's actually playing really well. He makes a lot of really good decisions. And at the same time, here's a team with a top five defense, a dominant run game, um, and a quarterback who's not hurting them. He's not playing poorly, and they are in a heart attack every single week. They're a mistake away from losing because they don't have the ability to make the type of explosive plays, and there's not a tremendous amount of excuses with the skill set and the skill receivers that they have between McLaurin, Samuel, 
and Dotson and Logan Thomas and Antonio Gibson, they're stacked. Like, it should not be this hard to have explosive plays, and it is partially because he's not truly capable of doing it. So this is where we are. He's not playing poorly. He's not holding him back. They're not winning in spite of him. They're winning a lot of a lot of ways because of him. But you can't win every game by three points and think that that's going to last. That at some point in time, you have to be able to exhibit an explosiveness in your offense, and that's what the limitation is. And that's why it is possible they will go back to Wentz. But I, if they keep winning and they keep, you know, keep rolling the dice and it keeps coming up 11, then they're not pulling. Um, but every game they play comes down to one possession or in the last minute or in their red zone, and their defense has come through over and over and over. He has to over and over and over. And at some point, you know this game, that's not going to last. It's not. They're going to have one mistake, and they're going to lose a game at a critical juncture, and people are going to go, oh, I get it. You obviously are a craps player with your uh, your 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 eleven reference. Um, let, let's talk about before we go to the defense. Let's let's talk about this offense in in the in in the rushing attack, right? Like Brian Robinson, if you can, kind of share with us. You know, I mean, obviously we know what had happened, and you know he had gotten shot and alleged carjacking, right? From what I from, from what I remember, yep. you know, and then you have Antonio Gibson, who you know, everybody fell in love with last season, uh, but there was, you know, for whatever reason, you know, not a lot of usage until recently. So, you know, talk, talk about, talk about this rushing attack, because really this is, this is what it's about. I mean, I know we just spent a good five minutes talking about Heineke, but at the end of the day, the rushing attack is what drives this offense, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, like, they're, they're a better offensive line running the ball than they are passing the ball. They learned that early, um, even with the propensity to get the ball downfield with, like, Wentz. He was a sitting duck behind that line. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, Robinson was carjacked in the middle of the day at the end of the preseason. He got shot twice. He got very lucky. The bullets went through muscle and directly through his leg, caused zero structural damage. Um, so he is... He's lucky to be alive, um, and secondarily, like, lucky it didn't ruin his career and unbelievably lucky that he's playing right now. Um, so they put him on IR. He was out for four weeks. The idea, and this was kind of, they, were, they weren't really saying this out loud at the time, you know, because Antonio Gibson was off a 1,000-yard season last year. The idea was they wanted to have a more traditional power back. That's why they drafted Robinson, and they wanted – Gibson to be the, I don't know how you want to put it, primary backup, the Tony Pollard, um, the guy who's going to catch a lot of passes. They want him in space. He's going to have a prominent role. Like there was no, he wasn't getting benched. It wasn't anything like that. They wanted a two-headed monster with different skill sets. And now here we are in week 13, and Robinson is, I wouldn't say he's 100%. He's nowhere near it, but like he's finally playing. He was a rookie. Um, He's now got five, six games under his belt. He's um, far more healthy than he was initially. They're trusting him more, and he's getting better and better and better. And he is a bulldozer, and he's turned out to be exactly what they want. And with Gibson, this weekend's going to be interesting. He missed a lot of practice this week. He suffered a foot injury last week, so he's questionable. If he does play, I think he'll be limited. Um, but they're leaning on Robinson. They have other prominent backups behind them, too. And they've become not a, like, they're not an exclusive run team, but they're 
close to it. I mean, they rushed the ball almost 50 times against Philadelphia, and they rushed it almost 40 last week. Like, so they don't throw the ball very much anymore because no one can seemingly stop them. Um, and it's more of a commitment to it than it is really being all that effective until last week. Last week was the first time Robinson averaged over four yards a carry in a game. Um, rarely is Gibson doing it when he's the primary back. He's doing it more often when he's a, when he's a secondary back and getting uh, a different level of, of usage. Um, and as a team, they're rarely rushing for over four yards a carry. Last week was the first time that happened, too. So their running game either exposed Atlanta or it's getting better. And combine that with their defense, they're dangerous. They shorten games. They lead the league in time of possession. They can run the ball and control the clock. Heineke is making a lot of great decisions, and when they're in third and short, he's completing more than he's not. Like, they're a dangerous team. They're a ball control team. They could suffocate you, and late, they've been clutch on both sides of the ball. Bram, before we let you go, let's focus on the defense. Chase Young, is he going to be active on Sunday? I don't know. Um, you know, I thought he would have been a couple of weeks ago. If he is, he's not going to play very much. Like, it's, they're really going to go slow with him, you know, 12 to 20 plays maybe. Um, it really is not about physical limitations any longer. It's he needs to mentally be ready to play. That's what it's about now. Um, last week I thought he was going to play against Atlanta, and he, we've, had a, we've, had a, we've had like a flu-like thing going through the team for the last week and a half. So there's been a number of guys. Carson Wentz is actually one of them this week that missed a lot of practice and won't, probably won't be up as the backup this week to what he would have been. Um, because he's sick. A lot of guys have been in and out. Young got sick the night before the Atlanta game. That's why he didn't play. And now they're just – we'll know Sunday. If he does play, though, it really won't be a lot. Uh, and, and so last but not least, give us, give us your, your game script. How do you see this playing out? What's the final score? What do you anticipate? You know, every game Washington's in is low scoring, you know, like in the very low 20s at most. Um, I know the Giants aren't scoring a lot of points right now. Um, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with all the injuries they've had on their offensive line and all the goings on with the receivers and their defense has been really, really beat up. Um, you know, this is another week where, and I think like when we started this conversation about the passing game and why Wentz may play again, this is one of those weeks where with that secondary and those linebackers that are susceptible, there's really no excuse for Washington with the receiving core that they have not to take advantage of that, but we haven't seen it, even against weaker defenses. So this is going to be a show-me game for Heineke in the passing offense for sure. But I assume that they stick to script. They're going to run the ball a lot. We know on the edges the Giants have trouble stopping it. Um, Washington has been running it against everybody, whether it's a good or a bad rush defense. Um, their defense has been outstanding um, across the front line. So if the Giants are still not healthy there, i got a hard time seeing them run the ball particularly well against Washington if they can't run it. I got a hard time seeing the Giants score a lot of points. So I think this is going to fall into the category that we've gotten used to down here. 20 to 13 in Washington, something like that. One score game. It'll be close. And, you know, whoever makes the fewest mistakes probably wins. I want to thank Bram for joining us. Um, great insight. Great look behind the curtain in regard to this Washington team is, uh, of course, uh, the uh, the Giants uh, and, and their 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 opponent in just a few hours. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk about the Jets. We've got Rich Samini, who's going to be joining the show next. So we'll do a deep dive into what's going on with the Jets as they get ready to take on the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. 
uh, in just a few hours. So stay tuned for that. Again, you're uh, listening to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Welcome back to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. Inside the Numbers, a New York Game Day is brought to you by Eisen Amper. And joining us now is Jets beat reporter and host of the podcast Flight Deck, Rich Samini. Rich, how you doing? Good morning, Kiwi. Good to hear from you. How's everything going? Good morning. I'm great. Great. No one's as good as Mike White right now, but, you know, I'm doing all right. <laughs> Mike White is the man. Uh, saw all those players yesterday uh, getting on the team bus wearing their Mike White shirt. So love uh, it. very, very interesting times for the Jets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love everything about it. Obviously, it, it's a, it's a great story. Um, so you know, we'll start there. Is this how you anticipated things uh, playing out? Starting when they made the announcement for for Mike White to um, to take the head as as the starter. Well, I mean. Uh, I didn't expect him to go uh, 22 for 28 last week and for 315 and three touchdowns. I mean, mm-hmm. considering it was his first game in, in basically a calendar year. So he played phenomenally well last week. You could see how much the team responded to him, just the energy it brought. Uh, even after the game, players yucking it up with him afterwards. And kind of saw that all week, you know, in the locker room. You know, even yesterday, obviously, on the going on the team bus, you saw the social media feed from the Jets. So the, the Jets are very confident in him. And uh, so, no, I mean, I, I thought there was a good chance he'd start after the way Zach Wilson played against New England, but I didn't think he would come out of the gate that fast. And so, uh, very, as you said, uh, Keely, it's a great story. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a great story. That's that's always one of the big things for me is when you when you watch how a team responds to somebody who's put in a leadership position. You know, that's when it becomes obvious how they they feel, right? So, as a player, there's there's always people who bring energy who are you know 
you know, you know, players, you know, players, players, right? But you don't always get to see a full team's reaction. You don't always know that they're reacting to this player. But when a player is put in at either, you know, the middle linebacker position or, you know, quarterback, it's an obvious thing for us to pick out. So that's that's where, where my mindset was, you know, looking at it. Um, how realistic is this to carry them in? They have a, a tough, you know, you know, tough, tough uh, schedule coming up here uh, this week and, right. and moving forward. What are your expectations or how high should our expectations be on Mike White moving forward? Well, uh, you know, it's a tough one today. Minnesota's 9-2. and two. Mike White has never uh, won a game on the road. Of course, he had that one start last year in Indianapolis, which got aborted after a quarter because of his arm injury. Mm-hmm. So that's, this is kind of uncharted territory for him. So, but you know what? I think he's going to play well today. I think there there are yards to be had against this Minnesota defense. This is a Minnesota defense that I think is ranked 30th in pass defense. And schematically, they play a lot of soft zone. They lead the league in, in cover two usage. And what does Mike White do best? It's You know, he's okay with dinking and dunking. He's a very patient quarterback. He's got good short area accuracy. So I think he'll be content to just take the underneath stuff if that's what Minnesota is giving him today. So I think, like, schematically, this matches up really well for Mike White and the Jets' offense. He just stays patient and plays as composed as he did last week. So I I think the Jets have a really good chance of winning today. In fact, I picked them early this morning on Twitter, and I think Mike White could have another big game today. Okay, good. Moving on, you know, Obviously, it's unfortunate that the situation that Zach Wilson has found himself in. I saw on your timeline that you, you know had mentioned that you know you talked to his private coach and that they're expecting a paradigm shift. Like, explain yeah. what you what you you know you know what the discussion was and how how can this young man come out better off out of this situation? Yeah, obviously, it's a tough situation for Zach Wilson. Uh, part of it, he, you know, he put himself in the situation. He, he was playing poorly, and then, of course, those post-game comments, with, which we talked about last week, did not help his cause at all. So um, I think the team uh, is – I think the senses have been mended. I mean, uh, he had a very emotional apology to the team. I, I think they were okay with him after that. But, look, I mean, he's, he's working with the scout team. You know, he's going to be inactive again today. You know, I've seen him staying after practice, you know, doing some extra work, which is what you'd expect him to do. Um, I think this is, has to be a humbling experience. As, as John Beck, his private coach, told me in today's story, you know, Zach never in his wild imagination thought this was possible, that he would mm-hmm. ever be benched. So this has got to be a really, really difficult period for him, especially, you know, I'm sure he's happy for Mike White's success, and, and, and I think they're pretty good friends. But, you know, it's, deep down it's got to hurt him to see his job being done by someone else. Now, what it means for him in the future, you know, I, I think Robert Sala is going to let this play out, you know, organically. I don't think he's going to come out tomorrow morning if the Jets win again and announce Mike White as his starting quarterback. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's just going to take it week to week. And pretty soon the weeks are going to be running out for Zach Wilson. You know, I don't think anything Zach can do in practice as a third-string quarterback is going to accelerate his return to the field. I think it all hinges on what Mike White does in these games. Yeah, and I definitely understand that there may not be anything that he can do immediately to get back on the field, especially, you know, if Mike White continues to play well, the team continues to respond to them. But one thing I know about the NFL is that, you know, people don't 
hold things personally against you. If you weren't playing well and we had to remove you or you had to be removed for the team to go on and do better, once that change is made, in my experience, a lot of people will come to your aid and try to help you and try to help rebuild you and get you to where you can go on and, and perform. And so I would, I'm, I'm really hoping that there is a second act for him because as hard as I went on him and everybody else did for, you know, the press conference that he gave, that was really what the you know the the issue was it really wasn't about him as a person him as a young man and and there's a lot of time left for him in his career so um yeah i just want oh, yeah. to you know put that out there that you know like i believe that in the football community people are going to be you know pulling for him now that he's been humbled and you know has an opportunity to work his way back into it, then it becomes a great story and if he can come become a leader of men and go out there and put up the numbers wherever he ends up landing or if you know if it's here um you know things will be good for him um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's a, you're right. I mean, he, his career is far from over. I mean, he's 23 years old. So he's got a lot of talent. We've seen that. He's just got to learn to be more consistent, maybe more mature as a leader. And so clearly it's not over for Zach Wilson. You know, what happens to him in New York, you know, that that's going to be determined over the next six weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, you're talking about a team that has a, you know, a phenomenal defense, you know, phenomenal individual players, and they're playing together as a team, getting to the quarterback, you know, without using a ton of pressure, which is something that I always harp on. Um, talk about, let's talk about the defense for a little bit. Let's talk about, you know, the the positivity of of this New York Jets team and this this organization and and what they've been able to to do um, in terms of individual success and as a group. What have you seen? What are you expecting to see coming down the pipe? Well, the defense has been outstanding. Uh, you know, they had a couple of hiccups early in last week's game against Chicago, and, you know, the tackling was, was somewhat shaky on the first couple of drives. And uh, I, I know some players were not satisfied after the game. And to me, it struck me as uh, even Jeff Albrecht, the defensive coordinator, said, you know, we didn't play up to our standard. And then I'm thinking to myself, they only gave up 10 points, you know. So <laughs> that shows you how far the defense has come uh, from last year. Last year, they were giving up 10 points a quarter, you know, at certain mm. points of the season. So it shows you how the standard has been raised, and that's a good thing. And today will be a uh, an immense challenge. You're talking about a, a Minnesota team that can attack you, you know, on the ground with Dalvin Cook and, of course, through the air with uh, Justin Jefferson's just having a phenomenal year. And so I think everyone will be locked in on that matchup. You know, I, I know everyone wants to see – Sauce Gardner and Justin Jefferson. I don't mm-hmm. know how often he's going to be on them. The Jets usually play sides on corner um, mm-hmm. at corner, so it'll be a lot of DJ Reed as well. But either way, it's going to be a fun matchup to watch. So this is a really tough matchup for the Jets. They have not played a lot of explosive offenses, and quite frankly, let's be honest, they played a lot of backup quarterbacks too, like mm-hmm. last week, Trevor Simeon. So you know, Kirk Cousins, you know, he's okay. <laughs> you know, he's not. Mm-hmm. He's not an elite quarterback. He does hold the ball. He's the most pressured quarterback in the league right now. So I do think the Jets' front four can get uh, get some pressure on him. And Minnesota's left tackle, uh, Christian Darsaw, is not playing today. So a, a chance there for the Jets to get some pressure. Absolutely. Um, talk to me about C.J. Mosley. Talk to me about the contributions that he's made and, and the impact that he has on this team. Well, Robert Sala said it the other day, you know, just how much this guy means to, to the team and him that he feels like he's grossly o- overlooked on a national level. And, you know, there might be some truth to that. Um, I think CJ was seventh in the Pro Bowl voting 
you know, among fans at inside linebacker. He is uh, he's the quarterback of the defense. I mean, without him, the defense doesn't go. And, you know, he's having another really good year. Um, so he, he makes the calls. He, he gets everyone lined up. He's the emotional leader when they break it down in the huddle before, you know, before the pregame warm-ups. He's the guy doing that. And, uh, you know, CJ's just having a really good year. Uh, he did get exposed once or twice in pass coverage last week. So I'm, I'm going to watch closely today to see if the Vikings throw to their backs out of the backfield. Uh, if I were an opposing team facing the Jets, that's what I—that's how I would attack the Jets. Try to get your running backs in space. I don't think pass coverage is CJ's forte. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, when it, when it comes to you know being the emotional leader and the, and the signal caller um, out there on the field on the defensive side of the ball, we all know how it goes. Those guys can play you know well after their um, physical skills have been diminished because there's there's so much that goes into getting a team oriented getting a defense aligned the right way and you know being that that emotional leader um some of the things that you know potentially have you know shifted this organization or let, let's let, let's start there has this been a culture shift is this what we can expect moving forward with the high expectations of the jets not just defensively but you know once the offense gets settled in um or are we just trying to get through this season and do the best that we can oh no oh no there's definitely a culture shift i mean winning is the only thing right now last year <laughs> Last year there were time. I mean, let's face it; no one would ever admit this publicly. Last year was about rebuilding. It was a transition year. It was about developing players. Player development was a high priority last year. This year, it's like the heck with that. We want to win. That's that's mm-hmm. basically the attitude coming out of the locker room. And I think you're seeing Robert Sala handle it that way. Uh, I think he's built up a meritocracy. Obviously, the most obvious example was quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. if you're not good enough to play. You're not going to play, no, no matter how high you were drafted. And I think we saw it at running back last week. I think we were all surprised to see James Robinson a healthy scratch. Why was that? Well, quite frankly, he wasn't doing that well, you know. And they wanted to give a rookie, Bam Knight, a chance. Who's got? He's got some giddy up. This this guy, Bam Knight, can move. He can run. He's got some. He's got some one cut explosiveness. And so they put him in there. And what does he do? He set the record, you know, most yards from scrimmage for for a Jet rookie in his debut ever. So I think you'll see a lot of Bam Knight again today. So I think Robert Sala has built up that meritocracy that uh, – and, and look, some players are going to be unhappy. James Robinson was upset this week when I spoke to him on Wednesday. He said he was pissed off that he wasn't playing, and he didn't come here not to play. And he went on and on, and he, and he was upset. And that's going to happen sometimes, but you know what? if you're upset just work hard get yourself back on the field somehow Mm -hmm. so i think that's the culture that they've established yeah i think you hit it right on the head as players you know when it's clearly a meritocracy when there's an open door policy and you can communicate um you know with your coach and and the coaching staff and you understand hey everybody's going to be held accountable then it's okay to upset players. You know, it's okay to have players upset because generally they're they're upset because they didn't perform and they understand that if they can get them their performance to a, a certain level, then they're going to be on the field. And and that's that's in my opinion, that's a a huge factor and a huge key. Um, I think it, it's it's great to see. As always, I appreciate the 
the the job that you guys do day in and day out, being on the pulse of a team. I understand how difficult it can be. I understand how difficult it can be just getting players to come and do interviews. So um, as always, I appreciate your insight. We appreciate you and and um, you know what you bring to this program. So hope you enjoy the the slate of games and you know stay warm. All right. Well, we'll try to stay warm. And luckily, this one's indoors. And uh, enjoy the game. I think it's going to be a really. Uh, I think this might be a little more high scoring today than than people are expecting, and uh, that should be a fun game. Awesome. That is Inside the Numbers, brought to you by Eisner Amper. Eisner Amper, a leading global business advisory firm, and help can help you design a win game plan for your business. Moving forward together. Learn more at Eisen, EisnerAmper.com. We got more New York Game Day coming your way next here on 98.7 ESPN. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks.